<laughs> Call the meeting to order. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yep. There's Eric. Still on your right side, right? <laughs> Just elbow me the whole time. <laughs> yeah, Bruce is here. Yeah, he's here. Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, QAC-TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our website at qac.org live or on our television channel, BreezeLine Channel 7 or High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by going to qac.org slash public comment. Citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period on tonight's agenda. We acknowledge everyone's participation and by attending you acknowledge that the session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the sheet on the information table in the lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission Vice President Jack Wilson. We could remain standing for a moment of silence to uh, have a peaceful election season coming up. Thank you. Uh, okay, we just have a few housekeeping items before we start our presentation. Uh, first, we have the approval of tonight's uh, agenda, our meeting agenda for today, October 25th, along with the regular and closed session minutes from the October 11th meeting have all been circulated for review. Do I have uh, any additions and or corrections? A motion to amend the agenda to add one action item. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay. Three, zero, and two absent. Whatever more she's in. Okay. All right. Um, and a motion to accept the agenda as amended and the minutes as presented. Second. Motion is second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Three, zero, two, Margie. All right. All right. Thank you, commissioners. Okay. We are ready for our feature presentation right. of this evening. And we have our friends from the uh, Maryland Department of Transportation. This is the annual tour event. Uh, we do this annually. Uh, this is to present the FY23 to 28 Consolidated Transportation Plan. We also have uh, other special guests here, our full delegation. We have Senator Hershey, Delegate Jacobs, Delegate Aarons, Delegate uh, Greist, all here today, too, to hear the presentation for, uh, from MDOT on the uh, various metal uh, transportation industries. So I'll turn it over to uh, Assistant Secretary Sean Powell for the presentation. Thank, thank you, Todd. Um, good afternoon, uh, members of the delegation, commissioners. I, as Todd said, I'm Sean Powell, Deputy Secretary of the Maryland Department of Transportation. I'd like to thank you for inviting us to provide an overview of our draft's six-year consolidated transportation program, more commonly known as the CTP, which will be covering fiscal years 2023 to 2028. And when I look around the room, it looks like we have a mini reunion of the BRAG um, Council. So it's always good to see you. We, did, we just met last week or week before. So, um, and with us today, are, we have several members of the MDOT team. We have uh, Administrator, SHA Administrator Tim Smith and District Engineer Ken Fender is somewhere out in the crowd. There we go. You probably talk with Ken all the time. Uh, from the Maryland Transportation Authority, Executive Director Will Pines. From the Maryland Transit Administration, uh, the Local Transit Support Director, uh, Travis Johnston. And from the Maryland Motor Vehicle Administration, Administrator Chrissy Neiser. From the Maryland Aviation Administration, uh, Regional Aviation Assistance Director, Ashish Solanke. And also joining us from the Secretary's Office, we have Assistant Secretary for Transportation Policy Analysis and Planning, Jeff Hirsch, I believe I saw him back there, and uh, State Legislative Officer, Melissa Einhorn, who hails from the shore, and Regional Planner, Dan Janicek. All right. Um, again, I'd like to thank you all for the opportunity today, and would also like to thank you for visiting with us at the Summer MAKO Conference. The MAKO Conference is a great opportunity to connect and understand how we can work together to develop solutions for your local challenges. Over the years, I believe we've developed a great working relationship, and I can't emphasize enough that we're not only available that one time a year at MAKO, we're here, but we're also here year-round, and you know how to reach us when you need to. 
Um, we're proud of our entire team. We're accessible and here to get things done for you and work with you as a team. Since our meeting in Ocean City, we've already addressed several key issues for your county. Uh, we have good news about your request to display travel times on signs along um, westbound US 50301 split. Um, we're moving forward with the design of our ITS technology deployments. These include permanent signs along both directions between US 50, US 50 between 301 and the Bay Bridge, including a westbound sign approaching US 301. These signs are about two to three years out, but we will deploy portable signs next, during the next summer's travel season. Um, we also had a couple of questions about the 1877 baseband phone line. The good news is that the baseband um, does currently report uh, when two-way traffic is in effect. and even provides how many lanes are running eastbound and westbound. I, I call it every so often and also noted that it, it notes traffic uh, delays either even farther out than right around the immediate area of the bridge. So MDTA and SHA are working collaboratively to make sure that we have all that information that we need out there. Um, as for the number of callers last year, nearly 907,000 calls were made to baseband. Um, this summer from May to August alone, more than 388,000 calls were made. Um, lastly, it was great to hear from you um, that you are moving forward with your strategic highway safety, and bi highway safety plan and bicycle and pedestrian master plan. Uh, we are glad to offer any assistance we can to help with both of the plans. Now I want to take a minute to look back over uh, what we've accomplished working in a partnership with you and other counties um, from Western Maryland to the Eastern Shore. And first, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, the great effort that your county led to uh, get letters of support to um, fund the uh, Tier 2 NEPA for the Bay Bridge. I know that uh, Mr. Moran and, and Todd and the rest of the commissioners uh, did a fantastic job. We had letters from all across the state, and that was, that was really unprecedented. And so hats off to you all for doing that. Um, thanks to Governor Hogan, um, record investments in transportation infrastructure, we've accomplished a great deal over the last eight years. With the governor's leadership, MDOT immediately began moving forward on top transportation priorities in every region across the state. We've improved 100% of the state highway system, making our roads and bridges much safer and less congested. We expanded several, um, excuse me, several busy state roads into four-lane divided highways to improve safety and reduce the number of head-on collisions, um, including Maryland 404 and uh, US 113 on the Eastern Shore. Of the 69 poorly rated bridges we identified in 2015, SHA has repaired or replaced all of them. We're continuing to address um, aging infrastructure. Uh, we, we now have only 26 poorly rated bridges, and that's a historical low. All of these bridges are now under construction fund or funded for construction or in the design process. Also on our list of accomplishments is the switch to all electronic tolling across the state. The move is keeping traffic flowing and easing congestion. Um, I know I've had several conversations with Commissioner Moran about that over the years. Um, speaking of tolls, very important reminder, time is running out to pay your unpaid tolls and have the late fees waived. Uh, back in February, the Maryland Transportation um, MDTA announced the customer assistance plan to help you help yourself. We've given uh, customers nine months to get their late fees waived and pay their unpaid tolls. On September the 1st, we started a 90-day countdown clock. In fact, with 31 days in October, um, the grace period will end on November the 30th. Um, the clock is ticking, and as of today, customers only have 36 days left to pay any of their tolls and get any of the fees waived. If you haven't already done so, please remind your constituents, family members, neighbors, and colleagues to take advantage of this money-saving opportunity. I know that MDTA does a fantastic job of getting information out to you for your constituents to make on MML. So as you get those emails, please forward them along to any groups and, and, and folks that you know that could uh, benefit from those. Turning to our um, transit, um, our, our systems are also um, more reliable thanks to Governor Hogan's investments in, um, to lower maintenance-related interruptions. As the infrastructure governor, he kept Maryland's ports and airports open for business throughout the pandemic with continued investments at BWI Thurgood Marshall Airport and the Port of Baltimore. At BWI, um, we are now handling more air, air cargo than Reagan National and Dulles combined. We'll hear more about those and other major milestones from each one of the team members that are here, but I wanted to stress that Governor Hogan has delivered more projects and more money to local jurisdictions through the Highway User Revenue Program. During the past legislative session and working with <coughs> members of, of the delegation that are sitting right here at the table and also the commissioners um, and other members from around the state, he worked across the aisle to get a deal for local jurisdictions to increase the amount of HUR by 33%. The successful negotiations allowed us to amend the bill to be even better than what was originally proposed. Um, that's a dramatic increase to help fund your transportation priorities and will help provide local matching funds to capitalize on um, things that will be available through the bipartisan infrastructure investment 
and Jobs Act, or known as IIJA. Um, and MDOT is here to help you navigate through that federal process. And in, at the summer conference for the delegation that wasn't there, our federal um, legislative officer spent some time and handed out uh, some flyers on how to access some of the federal money. Some of it has to be totally driven by the locals, but we're there to, to kind of help you get through that process. Uh, that does bring us to the IAJA. Um, we've been asked for the past nine months what we're funding with, with, with those formula funds. IAJA is not all new money. It includes our federal formula funding, including projects that were already in the final FY22 to 27 CTP. Um, during the next six years of the draft FY23 to 28 CTP, Maryland has programmed uh, $1.3 billion in new IAJ funding. Um, $178 million will go to airports, uh, $166 million for transit, and $966 million for the highway systems. Um, these allocations are based on a federal formula outlined in the IAJA by the federal government. Uh, we're trying to work closely with our federal partners on specific criteria to program additional projects <coughs> for transit and highways. Um, this funding will help um, with long-term um, state of good repair. It is important to Governor Hogan and MDOT to advance at least one new priority project in every county in Baltimore City in the form of highway, transit, or aviation projects. Um, there are also potential for, for some additional projects in the discretionary grants that are part of the IAJA. We're exploring those each and every day, and we're here to help you apply for those grants. Um, shifting over to the details of the actual CTP, I'll start off by telling you that this is the largest transportation budget ever. Um, this year's CTP is $19.9 and that's nearly $2.2 billion than more than last year when we sat down and went through this process. Um, as noted earlier, this draft CTP includes a large increase in the uh, highway user revenue funds, which you can spend on your local projects. Um, that increase of nearly $2.2 billion in this draft CTP includes $1.3 billion in the additional IAJ funds that I mentioned earlier, um, and NDOT's higher share of corporate um, income tax. The CTP devotes 35% of the budget, or $6.9 billion, to system preservation, and that's $800 million more than last year. Um, <coughs> these dollars are critical to achieve and maintain a state of good repair for roads, bridges, rail port, and airports. Just as important, the CTP allows our transportation system to contribute directly to Maryland's economic recovery. That, um, that's the balance we need, maintaining assets, delivering major projects, and also planning for the future. Um, and that's how we'll deliver a network that's safe, reliable, accessible, and equitable for our Marylanders. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our litter reduction program. Um, some of you that were at uh, uh, MAKO received one of these nice little trash bags from um, Secretary Ports. I know that uh, um, some of you are probably using them right now, but just uh, litter along our highways is costing us uh, about $60 million a year over the last eight years. That's about $7 million per year. I mean, $60 million over the last eight years or $7 million per year. Um, I'm sure that each one of you can think of a better way for us to invest that money. At MDOT, we launched a program to encourage people to stop this waste, or in other words, to put waste where it belongs. Um, we do have some of the reusable bags here we can hand out to the folks in the crowd, and if you did not receive one at MAKO. Um, and uh, we do need your help in uh, reducing the litter on the highway, so please spread the word to put the trash in the bag instead of on our highways. Now I'm going to kick it over to our SHA Administrator, uh, Mr. Tim Smith. So Tim, take it away, sir. Thanks, Sean. Uh, good afternoon, County Commissioners and State Officials. Uh, happy to be here with you in person again this year. Uh, it's an honor to lead the SHA team, and what's really awesome about it is you get to work with teammates like Ken Fender over there. I know he supports Queen Anne's County very well. Um, last year when we were here, we talked about how we were building a shelf of projects in State Highway, and it kind of fell into three main, three main buckets. One was kind of asset management, because we're trying to keep our uh, highway infrastructure in a state of good repair, and that's beyond pavements and bridges. It's guardrail, traffic signals, lighting, those type of things. Another one's accessibility, and it's not only getting motors, having them have an accessibility, but our, our pedestrian and bicyclists and vulnerable users making sure they have uh, a safe passage from point A to B. And lastly, mobility, and that's really about congestion, but we're trying to think about doing that differently. Uh, not just, we're still doing geometric improvements, but we're also looking at our existing footprint and trying to use um, intelligent transportation systems. That's another, that's a fancy word for doodads and widgets, um, <laughs> for sensors and, and, and technology in our roadway to be, make the most efficient use of our footprints. We might be, I know we're looking at opportunities where we can use our shoulders, kind of like part-time shoulder use across the system. So you'll see in uh, the CTP uh, kind of a suite of those type of flavor of those type of projects, especially in Queen Anne's County, um, as we're trying to connect people to life's opportunities. You heard the Deputy Secretary talk about kind of the projects we've been working on. I just want to kind of highlight a few 
here in Queen Anne's County. One is uh, our US 301 bridge over the Chester River. I know uh, back to that asset management part, that's replacing a bridge that's been in place since 1955. So it's, it needs a little TLC. Uh, the kind of the highlight there is we're, we've lowered the speed limit to 45 miles an hour through there and have the, the kind of the automated speed enforcement there trying to help with the safety uh, through that location. On Kent Island, um, I know uh, Commissioner Moran, we, we talked about that at Bragg, but trying to address some of those ramps. We fixed the, the one at Dominion Road and we're next on, the, uh, on our to-do list is Maryland 8. So um, I also want to kind of just highlight back to that accessibility part is thanks to kind of grants through uh, the Recreational Trails Program and working with the uh, Department of Natural Resources, we're able to advance projects like the one there at Tuckahoe State Park. So that's a three and a half mile segment there near New Little Florida Trail where we're building several um, timber bridges as well as replacing the, the existing trail bridge. And then I just want to take a quick moment to, to kind of thank Delegate Jacobs uh, for introducing a bi uh, bill and, now, and that's now a law that's really going to help our staff and it's what it's about is uh, adding green lights green lights in addition to the amber lights uh, on our on our uh, chart um, vehicles all right got the disc was loading there um, <laughs> as well as SHA uh, truck shops um, so it really helps our we have our crews are out there every single day trying to make sure we're doing providing services and anything we can provide that provides additional safety to them is so welcomed and I want to just thank Delegate Jacobs for introducing you. Um, you heard uh, the Deputy Secretary talk about uh, harnessing the IAJA. The one we wanted to highlight here in Queen Anne's County is uh, the, uh, the Kent Island kind of community study there. So we're, we're taking steps to addressing kind of that part. Um, what this study will do is looking at the Maryland 18 corridor basically from Castle Marina to Kent Narrows and we're working in relation, uh, you know, in close partnership with the community because I know they're looking at back to that vulnerable user part as well as trying to make sure we're getting both accessibility for motorists as well as pedestrian and bicyclists from point A to B. But really the goal there is to develop a, a vision and several alternatives that we can address those needs and <coughs> uh, the support the Kent Island transportation study as well. So in closing, I, I know the Deputy Secretary mentioned it, but the more we can collaborate and understand what your needs are, your concerns, that helps us build better projects. And between the collaboration, we build better relationships as well as help us deliver a better customer service to our, all our customers, because they don't really know, care whether it's a county, state, or federal roadway. Um, <coughs> they just want to get from point A to B. So I appreciate your, your patience. I'm going to pass the ball over to my partner at MDTA, Will Pines. All right, well, thanks, Tim, and uh, good afternoon, state, county, and local elected officials. For the record, I'm Will Pines. I'm executive director for the Maryland Transportation Authority. As the uh, deputy secretary mentioned, time is running out with the MDTA's civil penalty waiver grace period. Please take advantage of the plan now by paying unpaid video tolls between now and 11.59 p.m. Ooh on November 30th, and sorry to be so specific, but we want to be really clear that the program is coming to an end. And so for every video toll transaction paid in full during the nine-month waiver grace period, the related civil penalty is waived. Toll bill referrals to the Central Collections Unit and MVA have ceased temporarily and will resume on December 1st. Starting December 1st, customers will be responsible for the full amounts of all unpaid tolls and civil penalties, which will be due based on the printed due dates on the notices that we mail out. Good news, our uh, call and web chat wait times are much lower than before, so customers can easily reach us now to resolve any of their tolling questions or needs. The MDTA has also completed the posting of uh, Maryland customers' tolls online, those that were deferred previously during the COVID-19 pandemic. So the MDTA encourages customers to check their accounts uh, at driveeasymd.com and pay their tolls now before any civil penalties are assessed. And uh, you should have received a letter encouraging you to alert your constituents to start making those toll payments now, so please don't wait until it's too late. And I, do, I am joined by uh, my colleagues, James and Brad, who I'll have, if anybody needs any follow-up on that, happy to have them help on that as well. So now, uh, 
moving on to some of our project updates, uh, the MDTA is focusing strongly on our system preservation program. Work on the Bay Bridge automated lane closure system began in February of 2020 and will be operational this fall. This project will improve safety and efficiency during periods when opening and closing the lanes, including during our two-way operations on the bridge. The system includes new large overhead lane use signals and full color dynamic message signs and those full color signs, it's the first of its kind in the state. And uh, it, the system will also be supported by illuminated in pavement markers and the automated lane closure gates. For our next project, uh, pre-construction services are underway for the Bay Bridge. Uh, eastbound deck replacement with major construction expected to begin next year. The majority of the work will take place during off-peak times, including overnight hours, to minimize traffic and local impacts. Uh, also, as most of you are well aware, we recently completed three open houses for the $28 million Bay Crossing Study Tier 2 National Environmental Policy Act in early September. It, well, can I stop you real quick there? Could you go back to the deck replacements for next year? Did you specifically give a, a time next year? <clears throat> so the project, um, it actually goes to the board this month for the full approval. The notice to proceed will follow in, I, th I think that's estimated January. Initially, the project will have utility relocations and some trust repairs and things like that that'll take place. The full major replacement of the deck is supposed to start in the fall of 23 after the summer season so that you know the traffic volumes have, have declined. But again, that the major deck panels, this project is more similar to, you may recall when we did the deck replacement in the suspension span and through truss, that's different than the overlay that we did in the right lane. That right lane where we had to take a lane, um, we're not doing that. We're gonna actually take panels out overnight and replace them overnight and that, that way it can reopen every morning. Okay, thank you. Sure thing. So um, we continue to receive public feedback uh, on that tier two NEPA through October 14th. So that's closed out now, but the uh, virtual open house is still available online at baycrossingstudy.com if anybody wishes to uh, review that. But I'm glad I was able to see a lot of you at the meetings and uh, appreciate your participation. Uh, it was great news when the governor announced the funding for tier two in June following the Federal Highway Administration's April approval of the combined final environmental impact statement and record of decision for the Bay Crossing Study Tier One NEPA. The four to five year tier two study will build upon the tier one findings and identify specific alignment alternatives within corridor seven. And that corridor seven is the two mile wide corridor from the Seven River Bridge on the Western Shore in Anne Arundel County to the US 5301 split on the Eastern Shore in Queen Anne's County. So in addition to our, our recent open houses, we will continue to have several other opportunities for the public to participate in this multi-year process. So please visit uh, baycrossingstudy.com for more information on the tier two study. And finally, I wanna echo uh, some of the comments that Sean made and the gratitude that he expressed for the <clears throat> county's partnership and support uh, for everything from advancing that tier two NEPA to the upcoming Across the Bay 10K. So thank you, thank you for having me. And now I'll turn it over to Travis Johnson at the MTA. Thanks, Will. Good afternoon, commissioners and members of the delegation. I'm Travis Johnston, Local Transit Support Director for MTA. I'm glad to be here with you all today to report it's an exciting time to be working in transit in Maryland. Through the Office of Local Transit Support, MTA continues to ensure that transit systems across the state remain a safe and reliable transportation option for local residents. In addition to improving reliability, MTA has been focused on delivering innovations and enhancements that improve the rider experience, most notably our, our real-time GPS capability through the transit app, enabling riders to know when their commuter bus will arrive. Also, the mobile fare payment with CharmPass, 
Last year, we launched the Charm Flex 3 and 10-day passes in response to those riders who needed more flexible commute options. MTA continues to make a significant capital investment in state of good repair projects to ensure the transit system remains a safe and reliable option for the region. The capital needs inventory report, which was released back in July, details MTA's progress in reducing SGR backlog from 16.2% of all assets to 14.4% over the last three years. Expected levels of state and federal funding will reduce that number further to 5.4% in 2027 and 1.3% 1 by 2031, meeting 98% of our needs. MTA is also preparing for the future of transit. We are in the final stages of completing the first 50-year statewide transit plan. Building upon existing regional and local transit plans across the state, the plan will outline a 50-year vision for transit in Maryland and help define transit needs across the state for future generations. We appreciate the county's participation in the development of the plan and look forward to moving into implementation. MTA also makes a significant investment in transit in Queen Anne's County by providing nearly $470,000 in operating and capital grants to support the local transit operations. Thank you. Now I'll turn it over to MBA Administrator Chrissy Neiser. Thank you, Travis, and it's a pleasure to be here with you this afternoon. At MDOT MBA, we remain focused on providing that premier customer service both inside our branch offices as well as through our alternative services. One of the greatest ways we've been able to accomplish that is through our IT modernization project we've talked about the last few years, Customer Connect. I'm happy to report that's been completed as of December of last year. And so as a result of that and the linkage of the driver and vehicle information, we can offer a lot more services online for the convenience of our customers. Happy to report that approximately 74% of our customers now actually complete their transactions outside of that traditional um, sitting in a branch office working with a customer agent to get their business done. They can also set up a MyMBA account and we'd love for you to encourage your constituents to do that. Um, it would enable them to see all of their MBA business in one place um, from all the letters we've sent to them since we started the new system to the status of their driver's license. If they're a CDL driver, they can see their medical certificate. Uh, they can see everything related to vehicle registration and, and any issues they may have there. They can also see their, um, have the ability to make appointments right there through their MyMBA account. And I did want to say that we do remain appointment only at MBA, which has really allowed us to much more efficiently serve our customers and again provide that premier customer service. We're really proud that more than 75% of our customers are being seen with a 15 minute or less wait time and often um, significantly under that. In May, um, we also became the second state in the country to launch the mobile ID in Apple Wallet. Um, you can use that mobile ID if you have an Apple product at TSA checkpoints at BWI Airport, Reagan National, as well as many other airports throughout the country. Uh, you may be asking, why do I want my driver's license ID card on my phone? And the answer really is about protecting your personal information. So when you hand over that physical license, you're giving all of your data to whoever you're giving it to. Um, with no real control over what happens to it. It was interesting as we were working with TSA on this project, they indicated they actually only needed four pieces of data on the license. I'm going into it, I thought they're law enforcement, they probably need everything on there, but even they only need four data elements. And so just think about the control it gives the customer to only provide that data verification that's necessary. It is a completely voluntary program. It is free to the public, and so um, we encourage those who are interested to check that out. For our Android users, we do have a solution coming for you as well. Well, so um, stay tuned for that in the coming months we'll uh, be rolling something out there too. We talked a lot about Real ID the last several years so just want to give a brief update there. We now have 88% of Maryland residents Real ID compliance. We're really pleased with that and the response that the public has made. Um, just to give you perspective, 51% of Americans overall are Real ID compliant. So Maryland's doing very well compared to the national average. That deadline again is May of 2023. So you know a little less than uh, half a year, or a little more than a half a year to go. So we want to continue to remind everybody that that is out there. Safety is obviously something we continue to talk about um, and focus on from a priority standpoint. 
Um, unfortunately, we lost 563 people on our roadways last year. Obviously, it's 563 too many. Uh, unfortunately, the issues we're seeing are the same issues we've always seen, right? It's that speed, it's impairment, um, distracted driving, and lack of wearing seatbelts are really the main causes of those issues. Uh, we are happy that um, Governor Hogan announced more than 31,000 for highway safety grants for this county just in September. Um, we're also encouraging local jurisdictions, and thank you for um, agreeing to work on that. Our Highway Safety Office is committed to providing any support that you guys need as you develop that plan. And the good news is the bipartisan infrastructure law contains some funding to help you um, with that effort. And in addition, once you have a plan, SHA has money available from an infrastructure perspective that you can use once you have that local strategic highway safety plan. Overall, you know, MBA tries to be the best we can in all we do, um, but we can't do any of it without our employees. Not only have they continued to provide great service during challenging times, um, they come up with these new ideas and, and initiatives that I've talked to you about today. So we're so grateful for the job they do every day to serve our Maryland residents. I appreciate your time today, and now I'll turn it over to Ashish Shalanki with the Maryland Aviation Administration. Thank you, Chrissy. Commissioners, delegation, administrator, great to be here. Great to be with you again this afternoon. Thank you for having us. Um, as I speak about aviation, I want to focus on our priorities in aviation. It's no different than our other TBU colleagues here. Safety improvements and project delivery for our customers. That's really our driver focus in Maryland and aviation in particular. We have two state airports, BWI Marshall and Martin State Airport, but we also look at our regional airports too, including your Bay Bridge Airport here. And we recognize airports are an economic engine. They not just uh, provide transportation resources, but they provide important assets and services to our community, whether it's services to our businesses, corporate operators, personal operations, emergencies, or even law enforcement. That's where our focus is on to make sure that we deliver on products for these customers. At BWI Marshall, I want to share a couple of our updates over the past year, and in particular, our pro uh, partnership with our airlines. And we focused on new tourism. That's a big thing, certainly in Central Maryland, but also for the rest of the state. Tourism, business development, and of course, cargo operations. Deputy Secretary touched upon cargo operations. I'll get into that in a second. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about our traffic activities over the past year. Just this last year, we were trending now, post-pandemic, 80% of our pre-pandemic levels. Now, we're not 100% or past that yet, but there are bright spots, again, as we pro progress towards that 100% plus. For example, during peak periods, holiday season travel, we've been exceeding our pre-pandemic levels. And just this past Sunday, at our um, uh, TSA uh, traffic count, we've passed uh, 32,000 passengers in one day. And that's a record, that actually is a record pre-pandemic. So we're excited to see that trend. It's a trend in the bright direction, and it's a trend that we're encouraged because that turns into business opportunities for our partners. We, we also have uh, positive news on the airline side. We have three new airlines that started service, a few low-cost carriers. Along with these airlines, we also have added additional routes. And that's the key because our pet customers want to go to different places. And by having these routes, we're able to provide a competitive solution to our uh, competitors, both north of us and south of us. Several of these are both for domestic and international routes, and we're pleased to continue that going into next year. Now, I talk, talked about cargo operations, so here's a few numbers to share with you. Just within the last year, 618 million cargo pounds passed through BWI. So that's a lot of number. But in percentage-wise, that's 55% of our region. That's 55% of the main three airports in the metro area. And as the Deputy Secretary says, we're leading the way, and it's a privilege to be part of that group because that means we're providing the services that our customers are asking for through the BWI Marshall Airport. On the capital side, uh, I mentioned to you a couple years in running now three main programs that we're working on. Restroom renovations, our Southwest Airlines maintenance building, and finally, our Concourse AB baggage handling system. All of these are underway. They're actually moving forward. A few of these will be delivered in short order. The um, Concourse AB baggage handling will take a couple more years, but they're all focused on customer service and delivery on a product that will be enhancing our customer service and experience through BWI Marshall. So we're excited to have that going for us. 
And lastly, as the uh, Secretary has also said, IIJA is bringing $178 million towards BWI Marshall and Martin State Airports. Now this money is going to be focused on runways, taxiways, apron improvements, but with this the funding, we can now focus additional resources, state resources, on the terminal program and other asset improvements around the airport. Lastly, I want to share with you at the statewide regional aviation grant program. We have 3.5 million funded this year. Three, and, uh, of that, we're focused on safety enhancements as well across the state, western, eastern shore, southern Maryland, and here locally. At Baybridge Airport, we're focused on providing $309,000 towards a runway rehab project. And that's an important project because I don't think we've touched that runway for the 30 plus years we've had it. So it's an exciting project. We're able to improve on that. And then our customers and users of this airport will benefit from that within a year. Thank you for your attention. Now it's my pleasure to turn it back over to Deputy Secretary. Thank you, sir. Um, and with that, I'll turn it over to Commissioner <coughs> President. Um, I see you. Welcome. And uh, we're here for any questions for you from you, the delegation. So, sir, the meeting's yours. Delegation. Um, all right, I'll start off. Um, first of all, thank you again. It's always a pleasure to see everyone from um, MDOT. And I know, as we said in the last uh, few that we've been to, um, it's been a um, real pleasure to work with all of you in this administration. Um, I can't say enough about the customer service and constituent service that um, your administration has um, provided to us. Um, there have been several issues where we were able to contact you guys directly and get immediate responses. And at the end of the day, that's what this is all about, is helping out all of our constituents and citizens of Maryland. So thank you all for that as well, too. Um, again, great presentation. Obviously, Queen Anne's County, a number of questions and issues about the Bay Bridge certainly come up. Um, we do appreciate the Tier 2 <coughs> funding. That was a big announcement and being able to move forward with that. Um, time frame is still long, as you say, mm -hmm. another four or five years in, in the study of that. So um, certainly we'll be participating in that, but hoping there's anything that can be done to, one, um, expedite that. But at the same time, I know that the big issue regarding that is the funding. And one, one of the um, responses, I guess, or um, findings that we expect from that study is how a new bridge would be financed. So I guess one of the questions I had is with what we've seen from the uh, federal infrastructure, the IIJA, is, is there opportunities for that money to be, and maybe this is to Will, is, is there opportunities for that money to be used in, you know, maybe design, construction, engineering, anything leading up to what would be the actual construction of the bridge? So you want to start with big picture on IIJA, yeah. and then I can come in on Bay Bridge. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the bigger picture, the IIJA, um, only about 18 to 20 percent of that is new money. So about 80 percent is money that is currently already in formula funding. So basically, it was a continuing resolution to continue money that was already out there. And then the money that I mentioned, the 900 and some odd million dollars for highways and things like that. So that's where we are on big picture um, overall. Now, when it comes to the funding, you know, can we use any of that money going out? I think we're kind of limited until we hit the NEPA, to the, the final the NEPA, is that correct? So we have, related to the NEPA, we did submit requests uh, to the senators U.S. congressmen requesting appropriations for to help support the Tier 2 funding and also have been put into a larger list of potential grant opportunities related to IIJA. But so far to date, it doesn't, nothing has come to fruition related to that. So as you mentioned, the Tier 2 part of the process will be to develop a financial plan for different ways that the project could be funded and that could be through concession agreements with a P3 program, you know, using various federal funding, the, the range of options is quite large. Before we get there, you know, we will need to develop cost estimates for the specific uh, design and alignment, the preferred alternative that's selected. If you recall, the during Tier 1, the cost estimate range was like, Five billion to thirteen billion, and that's due to is it is it going to be a bridge or a bridge and tunnel? 
rail options, bike ped accommodations, you name it, the, the study is pretty exhaustive. And that's why it, it takes four to five years. It's 22 miles in length, four a little more than four miles of that is, is where a new crossing would be, but the other 18 miles is all the highway on each side, and including all right away. And if you can think, imagine a corridor from Seven River Bridge all the way to the US 5301 split, you've got cemeteries, wetlands, businesses, you name it, if there's an impact that's possible to be near the project, we are looking in, in that area. So um, it's just a big study, frankly, and so to try to pin down exactly how to pay for it with such a wide range of potential costs is kind of tough to do at this point, but it'll certainly be part of the study as we move forward. Okay, thank you, Will. But going back to IIJ then, um, you said broader picture, so in a sense it more supplements money that's been in projects already, or I guess what I'm trying to say is we, as you come to these different counties and, and talk about projects, how is IIJ going to benefit the projects that we have and requested here in Queen Anne's County? So, so the money, that, uh, for lack of a better term, like the discretionary, the over and above the, the already funded, formula funded stuff, right. that's where we're able to, to look at what we have, do these meetings, do the draft CTP go in and see where we can put that $988 million, just as an example, towards roads, um, or towards highways, towards Tim's system. And some of that also falls under, um, thing. and then we also have things going to Travis. So, so that discretionary type money is where we're trying to fold that into these different things. And these meetings are, are what's important to figure out. And you know, we get your priority letter back in the spring so we use that to help formulate as we move in and submit the final to you all in the legislature first couple weeks in January right so that's what I'm saying so if, if I'm looking at at this and look at projects we really only see that the the bridge over the 301 bridge over Justin River is in there mm. in order to benefit off of these additional funds do we need to be seeing more projects in here I mean how how if, if I look at the county commissioner's list of priority projects, there's a number of projects that are on this that are not going to be in the CTP. Does that mean that they're not eligible for any of this uh, IJ funding? Not, not necessarily not eligible. I mean, again, we want to look at what we already have and then go down their list and see what we can plug in. I mean, I'm not sure what else. I don't have the list in front of me. I apologize. Right. So um, see what else we can plug in there if there's money available. But that doesn't make them not eligible. Okay. They have to be looked at for, you know, like a... Uh, a needs and or a, uh, a you know the benefit needs study as, as we do for all of our projects okay but well, but we're going to see in the general assembly we'll see the finalized ctp early january yeah early january i forget the exact we'll date but any, any of these projects have made it correct into that and, and can benefit off of that money. yes sir okay i appreciate oh that. thank you thank you just real quick um i want to echo some of what the senator said i, I do appreciate the relationship that you all have developed and we've developed with you and the county. Um, I used to gauge my Sundays on how many texts I'd get from Jim Moran to you, Sean. And all things, so I know it's happened. I feel like we've broken on That being said, I think you guys mentioned some really good things that have happened, and I think that's a credit to everybody with the lane closure system coming in into play. And a big thing was getting rid of the toll booths, which I think that's important that the citizens know that stuff was all moved up and really pushed very, very hard by everybody here. And I, I do appreciate that. Um, Will, you mentioned something about the forgiveness of the tolls, and this has come up a couple times. I just want to make sure for the audience, these tolls that you're talking about are not just the tolls from the pandemic. They are, if you have outstanding tolls that are not currently in a system to be, like say, to a collection agency, those tolls are also yeah, eligible to be forgiven in this, the fees, the fines, I mean. They're, that, that is right. Anybody who has outstanding tolls and civil penalties, the video tolls, they can, pay them now and those civil penalties are waived. However, if they're into a system right now, a collection agency, that's that's it. They still they're gonna be held. Right. Out. If they were already escalated to central collections unit prior to that February period, mm -hmm. then they're not eligible. And again, the reason for that is at the time when the program launched, the MDTA did not have the legal ability to recall debt from CCU. And you, you had mentioned something about the panel replacement, and I, I've got a couple calls that, is there a room, there's a rumor that you're gonna use the Langenfelter site potentially for some type of concrete? I think the, is the, I think the Langenfelter site is the DNR property at like the top of the yeah. point. Yeah. Right. So um, there was, our, 
just to be clear, when you say you, I'm going to oh, really refer to our contractor at this point. The contractor submitted a request for staging area. It, we DNR did contact me about you know that option. Um, candidly, my takeaway from the conversation was that they were supportive of having us use the site to have some beneficial use come out of that property. But the contractor is by the un, within their contract; they're allowed to go wherever they want, essentially. So, it's really up to them as to whether or not they use that site or not. There's been some angst to that for the people who lived on that way, sure. thinking of what that will do to the traffic. Um, but it's just something that was brought up. Um, the other thing I wanted to just touch on with y'all, and this is something maybe a periodic update. I get calls about the suicides on the bridge. And you know that the commissioners asked us to put legislation in, which we didn't get through, to do something about making that so we have some accountability there. And I, I think the citizens are asking me all the time, what are we doing to prevent that? And I know we've done a lot and I try to do it. Is there any direction you can get where we can get some, that information handily, the, what's been done over the years? Sure, I'd be happy to have Brad follow up and give a summary of, of information. We, we have responded to this a few times. We do have call boxes on the bridge with the phone number right there, the signs and all on how to do that. And also, um, all of our police and operations forces are trained and how to manage those kinds of incidents to work with individuals when it happens. I, I just think it, it comes up when, when something does happen and it's right. near and it's a big thing. The other thing is uh, back years ago when you had a guy named Greg Holsey working here, my legislative aide, when he resigned, made me uh, write a citation for him. <laughs> and God forbid anything happens to Ken Fender because we'll be doing a banquet. <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I, I, I can tell you that, you know what, I don't always get the answer I want, but I always get an answer when I contact them, just like I do from everybody right now people are very responsible and I, I you know it's going to be the, the Ken Fender tour for a little while here and we do appreciate all the work he does over here yeah okay thank you very much yeah it, it when when Ken takes care of all the phone calls Tim's phone doesn't ring nearly as much so 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 Ken is the frontline goalie down there and he does a great job but thank you very much for it. appreciate it if I could just uh, don't want to be redundant with with all the uh, thanking the uh, staff <laughs> your department for our relationship our working relationship has been great uh, all aspect of it uh, especially with me being on the transportation subcommittee i interact a little bit more than, than some and it's always uh you know immediate uh response to me and uh, <coughs> thank you for that as well but i wanted to ask will when you talk about the automated system this fall I mean, we're at almost November 1st, and let's see, winter is... First day of winter is December 21st. December. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, can you pinpoint that a little tighter for me? Yeah, so the, the only remaining activities that we're really working on at this point is some of the in-pavement lighting that we talked about and, and uh, doing the integration of the software. So that's why you don't see a lot of activity on the road at this point with the equipment. Most of it's installed at this point. We're really just doing the back end stuff. So I want to give you a specific date, but anybody who's ever worked on software knows that how, how challenging uh, software development can be. Uh, but we, we feel comfortable sticking with that fall and again December 21st is the last day of, of we want we want all be there for the ribbon cutting <laughs> don't forget Will's an engineer so precision is uh, I've gotten this question the, before I thought he was the finance man there for a while well sometimes <laughs> but anyhow I appreciate that answer and and also uh, all the help from the various agencies involved with SHA thank you before the end of the year just go with that one. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I just have one follow-up question um, with these overdue tolls. Do you guys have anything on your social media, Facebook, or anything where we can um, share a link to a website that they can go to to see what outstanding tolls that they do have and how they can pay for those? We do. So we we are going to, every month we do a monthly update that kind of has a countdown kind of feature to it, and it gives all the details of how to do that. EasyPass.com. Well the, well, the new website's actually driveeasymd.com, and when you go to that website, there's a pay tolls link, and you can go on there and either look up your tolls through the mailing number on the notices that you receive or by your license plate, and that, that'll pull up all the tolls for the person. Uh, but what would be happy to, to share 
the link on both Facebook and Twitter. We sent that out earlier, but we'll give an updated one for the message. I think it goes out on October 31st, <laughs> and we'll send that out and be able to uh, provide that latest update to constituents. Yeah, Delegate, and um, Brad Ryan's here and James Kittleman and Mary O'Keefe, they're, they're pretty diligent about making sure that they hit at least some of the elected, all the elected officials' inboxes, too, so kind of keep an eye out for that. It's probably going to your delegation okay. inbox. So. Great job doing what they said. Thank you. You got anything you to like say? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I, I'd just like to say, you know, I like the sentiments. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, and I'm talking about the brag right now, and everybody here pretty much sits on the brag, the Bay Bridge Reconstruction Advisory Group. And uh, it was formed, uh, Senator Hershey put in a bill and got that up and running, and myself and Steve Wilson sit on it. And we meet quarterly. and. We have to submit questions or comments in advance to, so state can be ready to come back and answer them. And we've gone through a litany of questions. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything that the public can think of uh, safety-wise and to keep traffic moving through there goes through the brag. And, and I want to say that I, I truly do appreciate it. I know in years past, things might have got a little lumpy and pretty much lumpy on me, but you know, uh, Things now is running extremely smooth, and, and uh, the answers are there. And I, so I, I, you know, when you talk about the uh, the gate system, are, is there any way to bring it in phased, or is it not going to be phased? The only reason I say that, I thought about that driving home in the mist the other night <laughs> with the, the markings <laughs> on the pavement. You know what I mean? So if those were, were turned on to get the public used to them before, I mean, I, I don't know how it, you're the engineers, but I think sensory overload is going to happen when the the pavement's lit up. There's a gate out in front of you, and, and the overhead arrows are on, and all at one time. I just, I'm just curious: is it going to be phased in? Where okay, well, we're going to just because I know we talked about safety, and we talked about the cones still being used uh, when we go to the gate system. We're going to still use the cones to get people in the field for it to get them used to it, and that's why we're doing it in the fall to get the locals used to it before summer comes along. So you know that that's one of my questions. Uh, with the phased up and also isn't there like two or three more gantries that got to come down there are okay. so let me take both those questions okay. if i forget the second one please remind <laughs> no me worries. but the first question on will it be phased mm -hmm. there are like the illuminated pavement markings that are that are going in they are um in runs mm -hmm. so they're not like you know you have series versus parallel electricity oh, all no, that no, kind right, of right, stuff. Right. so you, when you turn those on they have to be turned on for the whole run mm -hmm. but the overhead signs and, and gantries some of those have already been commissioned and are operational mm -hmm. and are integrated into the the actual software right. for use um, there's local testing and development for each one of those and then integration testing and development for the whole entire system so to work as a unit so what the elements that can be brought on in phases that don't create conflicts with other pieces that are out there running we will Good. but the things that um that have those issues that need to be brought on with the entire system some of that won't happen until it's started but as you mentioned but just for the benefit of anybody else who's not aware we did map out the timing for this to launch in the fall so that a lot of the summer traffic is down and you can kind of condition motorists who travel more of the commuters to help guide people through the, the, the lane went in that new configuration and get used to the system. And then secondly, we did uh, set it up to where we're going to initially have some assist where we'll use uh, TMA trucks to be able to mm -hmm. slow everybody down, get up to it, get used to it, and, and eventually we'll take all that away and use the full automation of the system. But uh, your second question was on gantries. gantries. Um, we do on the westbound bridge, I think there's two of them that have, are left. I did ask the team if those are going to be replaced in time and they said yes but they're not instrument the one the gantries that remain are not instrumental to the use of the system I'm, I'm referring to the gantries off the bridge the old lights the old arrows so it seems like taking the old ones down correct yeah, yeah. they're they're what i've i've asked this question myself and i've been told that yes they will okay. be done okay. just just for the public I, um the 50 east project uh, we talked about that a little bit, and I, I'd just like to expand on it, just so the public, it's, it's a great opportunity. Uh, the, the deck replacement that's going to go on there, the panels, the precast panels, 
two feet wider or four feet wider? They're, I know that we're picking up some space there. Yeah, so this is done in just the deck truss of the bridge. There's areas that can't be widened because, you know, you think about the eastbound bridge with the suspension span, you got all that truss that's overhead. That's going to stay as it is. But the deck truss leading up to it, one of our higher incident areas is in that curve of the bridge. So we're going to widen that out four feet to be able to create a little bit of a buffer uh, to hopefully help reduce some of the incidents that occur on the bridge and that will allow traffic to keep moving. And when you do those sections, is that from barricade to barricade or is there a center drink going to be in it like on the uh, suspension spans when you pick up a section? Yeah, so it's actually done, the, the westbound bridge has three lanes mm -hmm. and so that's why they had to split the panels in half. Okay. These are going to be full width panels. Okay. And I know there's mitigation that comes with that. We got uh, something that came through the commissioner's office about a month ago uh, looking for mitigation for, for the project, Fragmite or, or some other things. So, you know, the Queen Anne's County's all in on whatever kind of mitigation you need to do. We're, we're here to take it from you. So, you know, that, that would be a, a plus for the county. And I guess, and one thing I get asked a lot about, crazy as it may seem, they, they know I said on the brag, all the trees we planted on the westbound side on the, in the eastbound lane on the shoulder there, that's mitigation? Is that what Yes, that, that's I mean, correct. That's... So as part of the, so the Chesapeake Bay Bridge is both within the critical area mm -hmm. and it's floodplain and, you know, we have stormwater management. So there's a lot of different kinds of mitigation. We have wetland mitigation, stormwater. Uh, so those, we did both pavement removal mm -hmm. where we took out the plaza and created a lot of area that's now per pervious and get some credits from that. But then we also did tree plantings. Uh, in terms of credits you know obviously we are required in our permits to achieve mitigation credits but if there are properties that the county has that they'd like developed that we could do the work and get the credit for the project but in, improve the area ha would absolutely love to collaborate on that we actually have agreements in Anne Arundel County and some of the other counties where we we do that today great great um, I guess uh, Tim, thank you very much. Uh, you know, we got uh, the ramp from Dominion Road, Route 50 East, redone from a discussion that we had uh, in previous, you know, in, in Ocean City, and uh, appreciate you taking care of that for us. I think the next one we're looking at is from uh, Route 18 from 50 back towards Graysonville. I know a crew came through there and ground off some of the bumps and patched a bunch of spots, but if we could take a look at that, I think that uh, we'd appreciate that. And uh, the, the last thing I have really that I can think of is uh, we are, Queen Anne's County is, is pushing hard to complete connecting our trails together. It's one of the, one of many great things about Queen Anne's County and it's also very, it's used a lot and, and we're struggling on pedestrians getting up on the Route 8 overpass and uh, traversing that where, you know, we, we'd love to see uh, a pedestrian bridge built, a, a gateway uh, for the Eastern Shore, and any help we can get from the state in, in funding, design, easements, the whole nine yards. So, you know, that's all I got. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'll go next. Sure. Um, first, I want to echo Jim's uh, sentiments on the uh, pedestrian overpass there across 50. That would be a great addition. We connect both of our trails, give us close to 22 miles, I think, total yeah. trail run from end to end, so that'd be fantastic. Uh, I do want to thank you all. It's been a pleasure working. This is my eighth time with the CTP meeting as commissioner, so uh, a lot of historical things have gone on, and hopefully, obviously, in January, there's a reality. We're going to have a new administration one way or the other at the top. Um, hopefully, they take advantage of the historical knowledge they have in the room and keep you guys around so we can keep the consistency of where we're at because it's, it's kind of disheartening to sit here and have all these discussions and knowing next year this time we may not see the same bright, shiny faces in here that we're working with. Uh, but that is a reality of the political, uh, uh, well, that's our political reality. Um, anyway, so the one thing I wanted to talk about and bring up, and, and, and I know it's, we're in the early stages of looking at the corridor project, um, but thinking down the road as Queen Anne's County, some of our issues, especially our Sunday traffic issues, develop because there's not alternative ways across when you're on Kent Island. Um, the Route 18 issues, um, maybe looking at some of those relief so that you can get across from 
one side to the other if you're a local without having to sit in the Route 18 backup, which always goes to Castle Marina right up to the bridge. And once that backs up, it hoses it up all the way back to Queenstown pretty much. So any of those projects that could be put in in the short term or even put on the plate to look at from an engineering standpoint or, you know, future looking down the road of, I know there's a vision of what's going to be there someday. We all, we all know where it's got to go, what it's going to look like to some extent. Um, but to look at some of those projects would be great. And to that end, I would like to look at the corridor going north on 301. Um, I know we had a little bit of a break with COVID in terms of traffic numbers on the 301 corridor, but I will tell you as a North County citizen, someone who crosses that road every day, they are back up to where they were and Ken would probably uh, could, could back me up on that. They're up where they were and even probably worse now in terms of tractor trailer traffic. Um, the 405 over or crossover is one of the worst on that corridor in terms of accidents. I know you guys got to go through a lot of guardrail up there. Um, every time I come by, there's a new piece bent up sitting on the side of the road. So maybe even looking at what we did with Rolling Bridge to that, I know I get a lot of hate for saying that, but maybe closing that crossover over because it is, we do have a ton of accidents right there at that 405. And they're not typically, not a lot of deaths, but they are some pretty nasty looking accidents. Um, and just look at that. It's always been a problem. Um, we've tried some different fixes by making people turn in. We put up these fancy yellow uh, plastic things that the first snowstorm, they were gone because the plow just took them out. Um, but also the other thing is in the fog, and, and we end up here in Queen Anne's County, we have what, what I call Queen Anne's County fog. They don't have it like this anywhere else in the state, only in Queen Anne's County. Um, and in the mornings we have our buses, we have delays that is based on that. And again, with the traffic coming down 301, if we could have some signage like Jim's working on for the time delays and all that say at grade intersections, approaching at grade intersections prior to them. I know we got some flashing lights at some of them, but not all of them, just to bring awareness to the drivers. Because most of the people coming southbound are doing 75 to 80 when it's dark outside. And that's just, you know, an accident, a death looking for a place to happen, quite frankly. And we have a lot of deer movement and deer cause a lot of that. So any kind of thing that would slow people down, I know it probably won't do a lot, but at least it'll bring people aware, especially people that travel the corridor a lot, about those at great intersections and hopefully for our, not only our firefighters, we had a fire truck that or an ambulance was hit there just a couple years ago crossing over. So anything you can look into on those at grades um, would be greatly appreciated on my part. Thanks, sir. Um, just a couple of things that mostly um, a pat on back and accolades to, well, I'll start with the Department of Motor Vehicles Administration. The leaps and bounds that you guys have taken um, in the public experience, um, night and day. I can remember the, the old days where you took a number and you're just... So by appointment, I think was a great idea. Um, the technology improvements have been made. Folks that I spoke to that have had experiences at the MV in the last year have all been positive. So uh, know that that's very effective. When somebody can go in and get vanity tags and historic tags on a vehicle and get it done in 15 minutes, I mean, that's amazing. So kudos it. there. Uh, also, the, um, the communication um, to our, our press secretaries and press representatives in the county um, regarding lane closures. You guys do a great job in making sure that that information is disseminated to the public. Um, I often will share it in, in my social media pages, but um, keep up the good work there because that certainly helps with all the construction that's going on when folks can expect those delays. And, um, and then hopefully, as um, Jay Jacobs had mentioned and Senator Hershey, during session we hear some positive information back about some of that money <clears throat> to address some of our concerns. So thank you very much um, to you and, and your staff for taking the time and, and doing the research and communicating to us um, with the different projects that you guys are working on. And, and I'll say to you, well, um, I'm glad to see that your relationship with Commissioner Jim Moran has improved. Their relationship wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> we go all the time. So, Mr. Commissioner, just, just as you mentioned, the, the wait times at MVA, that is something I know that Chrissy, she must have this big monitor in her office. She, she knows when the wait times have gone up, when they've gone down, and she, she monitors that, not only to drop the wait times, but also to have the quality customer service. Yes. So, I mean, it, it's okay if it takes a few extra minutes if you're getting everything you need. Yeah, I was remiss in mentioning the customer service 
aspect of it as well. The the the, the friendly nature, you know, the the banter, that kind of stuff. It's just it's so unexpected that people are literally taken aback mm -hmm. by it. So keep up the great work. Thank you. It's a I'm getting so many email accolades now. And I like to personally send them to whoever, um, whatever agent performed the great customer service. It actually takes me a long time to get through. There's so many, and it's just remarkable. <laughs> Um, you know, premier customer service, I think, means something to our employees. It took a little while to get there because it's a culture change. It doesn't mm -hmm. happen overnight, but um, there's real meaning behind that. So it's and nice to And I think part of the culture change you guys get credit for, um, you know, the simplicity and the easiness of conducting business nowadays, there's not that dread of going into the MVA, which kind of creates that inner emotion already to start out with. And then, and then so your, your team has to put up with someone who's cranky because they got to sit here for 45 minutes. So anyway... I love when they bring a lunch and then they have to, they get called up before they can even sit down. That's my favorite thing to see. Or a book, right, right that they exactly. want to read. So yeah. anyway, thank you. And, and her implementation of the Customer Connect, where you can do basically a one-stop type shop, is, is advancing that even more. And it's just getting better and better and better every day. Right. All right. Well, fortunately, going last, everything's already been said. So I want to thank you again about <laughs> putting the citizens first as the customer. I think it's really come through. It means a lot. Um, I appreciate the collaboration with the county. Um, a lot of people who are watching might not realize when the redecking project was done a few years ago when there was all those traffic jams and people were frustrated. Um, Will and uh, Secretary Ports brought me and the Queen Anne's County TV crew up on the, on the bridge to show us everything that was going on. It was extremely well received. It gave them a better appreciation for the magnitude of that project and then getting it done in record time was also amazing. So we look forward to partnering with you guys on some more projects like that, getting the information to the citizens so they can understand, you know, while these inconveniences come up, there are needed projects that have to be done for their safety. Yeah, so when, when you could see that Queen Anne's TV um, video and you see the hole in the, yeah, in the yeah, you're like, oh man, why didn't we do this sooner? Right. So, it was not comfortable standing above the hole, right. looking down at it. <laughs> well, Will may have widened it a little bit. For you. <laughs> but, um, and, and I know that MDTA wants to partner with you as we do the eastbound and, and understand. Yeah. You know, it's a much different animal than the westbound. Um, that we did, that we experienced all the delays and, you know, many hours late at night on the phone with, with Commissioner at that time, President Moran. Uh, he, he was never shy. Um, so <laughs> He's never been accused of that. No, no, no it's not, not in his nature. So, and, and thank you all for everything and the, the delegation in particular, you guys are great partners in the legislature. Um, we know that if we need things, we can, you know, pick up the phone and, you know, it, it's a good back and forth. Um, we try to get things done together and we're here for as whatever we but again thanks for your time and, and and Todd we can't go without praising Todd before we leave you know a lot of times Todd gets to us and you guys never have to hear anything so which works out pretty well well it's it's working it really is yeah. I mean I, I'll be the first to say it the collaboration and the communication you know what goes on in the brag meetings it, it, it all of it is for the betterment of everybody that travels this corridor and right. uh, we're we are racking our brains getting up to those red lights too. Yeah. You know, you know the experiment with the red lights, which yeah. was, was astounding. It was painful, so. but it, it, but it, 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 it worked, honestly. So we'll see where this leads us. And so. you mentioned the brag, um, you know, Senator Hershey put the bill in to yeah. kind of reconstitute what was there previously. And that was good because we have the right people at the table from the counties, either the commissioners or they will appoint the appropriate people. And, and you know, uh, Jim is a great representative for your county here. And so is um, Steve as well. So, and we see Todd at every meeting. Yeah. Last thing I'll say on the brag, just for anybody watching on QAC TV, those are all recorded and live streamed from the brag website. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've talked about all the great information there. Mm -hmm. I couldn't begin to cover it all here because it's hours oh, yeah. uh, of meetings, but they are all available for viewing for anybody who wants to learn about how we implement wind policy, how we do contraflow, why we do exactly what we do. We've covered all of those kind of details at the Bragg meetings. Yeah, and additionally, um, now after October the 1st, the meeting uh, materials will be online as before the meeting goes live so people can follow along. So, um, and, and you know, or, or if anything's presented during the meeting that, that came up, then we'll make sure that those documents are on as well. So uh, your, your constituents and the viewers at home, they can go right there and see every, all, the, all the last several agendas that we've had and, and follow along. But the, the live streaming is great and it works out uh, very well. I mean, everything in MBTA now seems to be live streamed, so. Yeah. <laughs> Good lunch. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Anything else? We have time for a little sure. public comment. Any public comment?
We're just all amazed at how well it went. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say. It's a testament to the leadership of the council. Or you covered it. We got to go. Either way. <laughs> well, there's no point. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Recess. Recess.